1: Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Kramer. We are coming to you from separate locations. Yeah, it's the old in an abundance of caution. Of course, we have that Omicron variant spreading very rapidly. We'll talk a lot more about that in a moment. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready to begin trading for another week. A half hour from now, you can see we are looking for a uh, significantly lower open. Pay particular attention to the Nasdaq there. Our roadmap does start with those concerns about COVID igniting fresh worries on Wall Street. And you just saw it. Futures are pointing to what would be a fairly sharp sell-off at the open. Goldman Sachs, it's cutting its U.S. economic growth forecast. This is Senator Joe Manchin, effectively kills President Biden's Build Back Better plan. And, well, it was once a mean stock, darling. In fact, one of the leaders there. Shares of AMC, though, down 30 percent in the last month and on track to open lower this morning. AMC CEO Adam Aaron will join us later this hour. Jim, uh, wherever you want to start, my friend, is where you can. I'm sorry we're not in person. I know we will be again soon, Um, but
2: I'm leaving the floor to you. Okay, look, we know the world is uh, worried about COVID. We know that the Build Back Better plan, I think, I just want to call it shelved. I don't think it's necessarily done. Uh, I also think that the gloom is so palpable that you might want to take the other side of the trade. Uh, Let's take the case of Amazon. I'm just picking a stock, I don't want to get too narrow. But if Omicron is really on the move and Delta's on the move, then people are going to pull back their horns and they're not going to go shopping, but they're going to get what they need. So, David, I just think the idea that everything's for sale is an opportunity, not a negativity. Okay. Um, Now, you know, it's funny because last week we had a lot of
1: different cross currents, including, of course, the Fed. Uh, And you... Right. it, It feels like a long time ago, doesn't it, Jim? But it was only a week ago you and I were sitting at the New York Stock Exchange talking about... You know, what I sense from you is a, a growing level of concern, in some ways at least, for some of the some of the growth stocks, in particular those with those higher multiples, to revenues oftentimes in part because they don't even have earnings.
2: Oh, I remain uh, convinced that those are the wrong place to be. I think that the market wants lower multiple tech. I also think the market wants tech that has earnings, David. The tech that have sales kind of been overrun by a belief that something that goes up 40% no longer means anything if it's not making any money. And David, you know that they've inundated us with deals. We have to stop the flow, and we're we're helpless to do so. There's so much stock for sale. Uh but again, I come back to the idea that should we throw away everything? Should we throw away healthcare, United Healthcare getting a, an upgrade today? Should we throw away the banks? Now, they're they're reacting to the U curve. But David, these banks are going to make a huge amount of money. And they're all for sale. And I think that at a certain point, we're going to look back and say, did we, should we have sold J.P. Morgan at 152 in order, of what, to buy it back at 148? I mean, there's a lot of good stocks that are for sale that I'm interested in. And uh, the investing club is buying some this morning. Okay.
1: Uh, the banks, what else might be something that you think at least holds up well here? And we've got to start talking uh, in a moment about the, the variant and, and what's going on. But, you know, just give me oh, again a sense— yeah, I know we will. I know we will. Uh, well, as to what uh, you are I, focused I on like this morning is opportunity. Sorry, Jim, go ahead.
2: Okay. I like healthcare. I like the consumer packaged goods. David might tell uh, the key to this market remains Clorox, a company mm. that hasn't done that well, but has the right products. And I think that that's good. Let's take a look at Procter. I do not believe that the supply chain is getting worse. I actually think that that can improve particularly when it comes to some of the chemicals that are involved, uh, even some labor. Maybe labor can peak. Of course, everyone's looking at lumber again. I mean, come on. That market is, it's not manipulated, but it's very tiny. I just don't think that we're forever going to have ships off the coast after Christmas when we're not trying to get anything that's that urgent. So I am more sanguine than people who are selling. There are people who are panicking. I don't like to sell, sell into panic. I like to buy panic.
1: Okay. Uh, well, you mentioned panic. I, I, I don't know if we call it that, but certainly there's a, a good deal of growing concern about uh, COVID yet again, Jim. I mean, here we are. I'm sitting here right. in, in, in Englewood Cliffs, our headquarters. You're at home right now. Um, I think right. that's where you are. Um, and Yeah, I'm at home. And, I, you know, anecdotally, I think we can both say I, I, I've never known so many people who've, who've uh, got the virus. Now, thankfully, I've also, they're all... I guess three have a kind. Yeah. Three of a kind. And we know what those are. Thankfully, everybody I know who's got it is not is not sick because they were triple
2: vaxxed. But
1: uh, but it's everywhere. It feels like. Yes, you do.
2: I have COVID. I came down with COVID on uh, Thursday night. I tested in the morning. I didn't have COVID. Tested in the evening. I had COVID. Uh, Woke up Friday. Felt pretty good. Woke up Saturday. Worked out hard. Woke up yesterday. Man, my hardest workout in ages. And I got up at 4 o'clock as usual today. Uh, this keeps me from joining you because this keeps getting that second line. These are the Abbott Bionics Now. I recommend them to everyone. I actually have, David, I've contact Trace. I know exactly how I got it. And it's, it's certainly not encouraging for people because I was at an event where you had to have PCR. Uh, you had to be tested that day. I got it that night from someone who was tested that day. And the problem is, David, is that it just works so fast. You uh, you can't stop it, meaning that I can test in the morning and feeling great. Yep. I test in the evening feeling great, but then I'm giving it to people. So I don't know. I feel so good. I feel like I should go for a run today. I haven't, I haven't run in a long time. Um, you know, it's funny because I've had
1: similar conversations with a number of friends of late. Uh and again, it it and it's all anecdotal, but so many people uh, by right. far the most I've ever talked to directly. I mean, you'd call somebody you haven't spoken to in a, or in a week and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm isolating right. right now." That's happened numerous times, but thankfully most of these people also seem to be uh largely asymptomatic. But you know what, Jim, that doesn't necessarily matter because you are not participating right now and in, in no. doing much and a lot of other people who want to do things are pulling back because they don't want to be removed from being active during the holiday season or taking right. a trip. And so the question does become and this is by the way for the fully vaccinated and hopefully those people sure. have, who've gotten boosters because we do know and Moderna we'll get to that in a moment out with some at least Couldn't some make. studies from the lab that show effectiveness for, for getting that booster in terms of against Omicron but um we do know that that could result in, in people not doing stuff. And, in, 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 you know, it, it's not going to be a lockdown, per se, hopefully from government in any way. No. But at the same time, you certainly could have people who shut down their own activity.
2: Well, I would say this, David. And again, I keep emphasizing, as you do, anecdotal. Now, we'll hear from Moderna. I was triple vaccinated. Moderna actually had the strength. The last one was the strongest one. Uh, I came down with this, I guess, rather easily. Uh, I Will say this: I want to apologize to my colleagues. I have come to work far more sick than I am now, and I did that out of a, I would say, a level of selfishness that I want to show: I can be here, and I've probably given people colds, I've given people flu, Uh, but I don't want to give people this. That's why I thought this was so cool. Get the two lines. You know, it's a bummer when you see the second line, especially in the morning when you didn't have it. But I think there's going to be an assuming the risk, David. I think people are going to say, "Okay, look." You know, I did triple. I've seen people just kind of not realize they were sick. Uh, My wife's a little more sick than I am. She had J&J and Moderna. I hope that Moderna doesn't say that they can uh, make it so that you don't get it, because, like, here we go. But I would say this. Uh, The goal is, I think, to be able to assume the risk. You want to go out. You want to go to the movies, and we'll be speaking to Adam Aaron, and you uh, are triple vaccinated. Uh, Other than the fact that you got to stay home, which is a huge bummer, uh, I've had. There's never a cold that I've had that was as weak as this,
1: right? Ever. Well, that's what you want, Jim. Uh, that's what we all want.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, strangely, I mean, you did. You hugged me three times on Wednesday, but apparently it hasn't yeah. it hasn't gotten to me yet. I don't know.
2: No, and I met. I was with some executives on Thursday and t- uh, gave them a warning that I thought that I might have it, even though I tested negative, and they've tested negative now. We know from the NFL that there's a certain number of days that you have to go, but David, I, I should be there with you, but I understand that I'm still contagious, which is kind of nutty. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if I'm still. You know, we don't really know anything. I have Dr. Topol on tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the level of arrogance of people who think they know what's going on is pathetic, and I think that what's happened is is that we're it's every man for himself and every woman for himself, and all I can say is is that I got triple vaccinated. <clears throat> And I don't know what would happen if you're not vaccinated, Well, that's but I would say that you probably aren't as up and around as I am.
1: No, I would, we would assume that to be the case. And again, we, we certainly, you know, again, everybody will tell you the data. <laughs> I'm, t- I'll, I'm yeah, trying. I'm happy to get hugged. Uh, we would assume the data, uh, we, you know, is not there yet in terms of knowing the severity of the disease. Right. Uh, that's at this problem. point with the Omicron variant, uh, we keep hearing anecdotally it is expected to be less Uh, you know, severe. We hope that's the case, Jim. But if you have four times the spread that you did with Delta, even with less severe symptoms for the unvaccinated in particular, you still could see a significant rise in hospitalizations. That does seem to be at least the concern right
2: now. Absolutely. You want to try to flatten this. Uh, I follow some various people on Twitter. Dr. Faust up at Harvard's been the best. He's just literally saying, please, Understand that our goal is to not have the hospitals overwhelmed. That really is uh, what we need to worry about. That's why if everyone got vaccinated, then I think that uh, now the people who hate vaccines and, of course, therefore hate me, I have this to say. Uh, If you'd like to lessen your chance of getting very sick, I think you should get vaccinated. If you don't care, then there's nothing I can do for you. Yeah,
1: Um, all true. All true, yeah. Jim. Um, in the- How about the rails, David? <laughs> How about them? <laughs> How about them?
2: Um, actually, let's talk about. Let's talk. I about- saw some Canadian Pacific. I get a constant Canadian Pacific email What's- every morning. I know. What is that about? Can you? I- is it
1: spam? Yeah, there's new. Right now, there's. I know. Yeah, I I get them as well. Uh, let's talk BBB quickly here. And, uh, of course, what is a setback for uh, a major part of uh, President Biden's economic agenda? Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, as I'm sure many people have heard by now, yesterday on the uh, on the morning show, saying no to build back better legislation. Here's what he told Fox yesterday.
3: It's never too late to get vaccinated. And if you're vaccinated, go get boosted. And be prudent in everything else.
2: I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there.
1: You're done. This is, this is a no.
2: This is a no on this legislation. I have tried everything I know to do.
1: Jim, what's the implication going to be?
2: Nothing. What he'll do is he'll figure out what he can live with what he can't. The bill's kind of interesting. I don't really think it's all that much stimulus. A lot of it really does help the poor people in the country. And I think when people actually study the bill, as I have, you'd say there's got to be things in there that Manchin can like. Uh, It is weird that one senator can hold the key, but it does show exactly how fractured our nation is, and it seems to have very little with the substance. There is not that much in that bill that is stimulus. Uh, And I also think that when you look at what it would do for health care, for the poor and for people who couldn't get health care, it's really a shame. And I think that Republicans and Democrats would agree that if you expand certain things that allow uh, people who are impoverished or are in the lower part of our country to be able to do more, that's a great equalizer. But it doesn't matter. You'll have to find something that Manchin likes, and uh, he'll be appeased. Yeah. Everyone's appeased. One of the things that people have all come to conclude on Wall Street is that Washington's a big joke. I mean, if one guy, a senator from West Virginia, could up our country... What kind of democracy is that? And the answer is really not. It's just kind of a stalemate. I mean, there are many places to look to that have a more functioning democracy than our country, which is such a shame. I mean, there's a guy from West Virginia. I mean, I remember when West Virginia helped President Kennedy win, but uh, there's a guy from West Virginia holding up our country, and that's fine if you believe that a senator is more powerful than a president. Uh, I'm still, I'm old school, David. I'm old school. I hear you. Um, David, can I just say, do I hear... That you have Green Bay's, the Packers' biggest fan, coming up. Uh, I do, I do, and we'll talk more about build back. He better must in be a so happy. The Ravens, the Ravens could not get. It. I was thinking about him the whole game. Little did I know, little did I know that you have the man.
1: You're talking about Bob Iger, of course, uh, still chairman right
2: now. Best interview uh, yet
1: of Disney, right. uh, former CEO. But as of the end of the year, of course, we'll uh, be leaving the company he's been associated with now for 47 years, of course, having started <laughs> way back uh, as a 23-year-old, certainly worked his way through a worldwide of, world wide world of sports uh, and uh, um, at ABC. And then the deal itself, of course, where Cap City sold to, uh, to Disney. But uh, Iger and I sat down, Jim, for a long interview going uh, through so many of the different highlights. And also of his career and also talking about the future, as you'd expect as well, as we walked around Disneyland uh, and the uh, Star Wars attraction there, which I highly recommend. Uh, We uh, took a couple of rides, which we enjoyed, not Bob and I, but uh, but uh, (laughs) a few of us did. We enjoyed that as well. But, yeah, we talked about so many different things, although we didn't get to the Packers, I I, I will say. Um, But we did. uh, We did hit on a lot of. Important topics that are, you know, that uh, any shareholders of Disney, including people who are in the investment club, would be curious about and want to know more about.
2: Yes. Well, that, that was one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to this interview. Uh, we decided after selling Disney at a decent price to get back in uh, for the investing club. And so far, because I like to own my mistakes and play open handed, it's been bad. Uh, I don't believe that the franchise uh, is worth as little as it is, but I also recognize that if everybody gets what I have, uh, which is Omicron, uh, or it gets Delta, then the numbers are going to go down. But I'm looking forward to speaking to Adam Aaron. One piece of the puzzle, obviously, is uh, film entertainment. David, can I just ask you, is Bob sanguine about the way the company's being run now?
1: Um, you know, I think he sees and is clear-eyed about the challenges that his successor, Bob Chapek, faces. But I also think that he believes that... Uh, that they are going to be successfully navigated. I mean, I, I won't speak for him. Uh, viewers are going to be able to see what he had to say about that. But, but Jim, I, I would not say that he sees it negatively, uh, although he certainly is realistic about so many of the challenges that face, not just Disney, but so many others in this, in this industry, in particular as they face uh, the giant platforms that we talk, talk about so often, uh, whether it be Apple or Amazon, or Alphabet, uh, or formerly known as Facebook, uh, and the power that they have. But, uh, we kind of hit it all, uh, not to mention sort of his ambitions for uh, life after Disney, which begins only a few days from now for him.
2: Well, uh, his book was pure joy. I think a lot of these books come out and it's like, okay, who wrote that? I, I think he wrote this one. And I think he wrote it very, very difficult and hard on himself, uh, including talking about his father's illness. Uh, this is, uh, A man, Bob Iger, whom a lot of us in the media truly love, and we love him for his candor, David. I mean, he says things that are – he he has a level of – he's not John Lesher, okay, from from the old T-Mobile. But he's surprisingly candid, isn't he?
1: Yes, in a very calm way, very calm, soothing manner. Yes. Mr. Iger. Um, Yeah, so uh, thank you. I'm very much looking forward to that. I want to get your reaction to it. We're going to be rolling that out all day tomorrow. Um, my conversation with uh, with Bob Iger, of course, Disney's still his chairman uh, and, of course, the former CEO. Uh, you mentioned it a number of times, Jim. We should say it again. AMC's chairman and CEO Adam Aaron is going to be joining us later in the show. We'll talk everything from the Spider-Man film's blockbuster debut to Omicron and the expectations there. And, of course, this was one of the leaders of the meme stocks this year. Let's give you another look at futures. We get started with trading. 12 minutes from now, and we are looking for a sharply lower open when trading begins. We're back after this.
0: You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision craft and performance with Acura's all electric ZDX with a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313 mile range and a type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower. The ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.
4: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt. Or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
1: All right, let's get to a mad dash. We've got uh, about 10 minutes before we start with an opening bell. You know, I was out on Thursday. I was watching from my hotel because I was about to be, uh, go over to Disneyland and, and talk to Bob Iger. And you had positive things to say about AT&T. I sent you this emoji.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that was fabulous, David. Look, uh, today Barclays joins me in being more positive. Uh, they're talking about the opportunities. But, David, this is right in your wheelhouse. They're saying that basically they're better positioned than cable at this point. Now, talk about a uh, Pyrrhic war here. I'm beginning to think that the cable guys and the telco guys are just going to go at it and at it at it and that it's possible to get uh, cable far more cheaply in some places than than you would expect. This is not good for March. However, AT&T's down enough and as I said last week, I'm joining the Bulls. I think that The penalty is over. The idea that they were not going to cut the dividend is the past. And I'm not saying everything's forgiven. That doesn't happen because that would mean that someone has to come down from the wall of shame. But I would point out, David, it's too late to sell. How about that?
1: All right. Too late to sell at 24. It's still been a a very poor year for the stock, although you can see a bit of a bump here in these last couple of trading days. Jim, still down 16 Uh, uh, percent, T-Mobile down 11 percent, Verizon down nine and a half. They've all had a bit of a bounce lately. Comcast down 7 percent, Charter hanging in there, only down 1.7 percent. But as we pointed out many times, it's been a poor year to own any of these names. And it's unclear what 2022 is going to bring. You know, on the on the on the competition front, it would not appear yet, at least based on what you hear from Comcast or Charter, that they're really seeing significant erosion in their broadband sub-ads from AT&T or other overbuilders as much as they are from a change in moving patterns or essentially what's been a slowdown in moving overall, which results oftentimes, uh, when people do, in in a new hookup.
2: Is it possible, David, that it's not a static situation? Uh, Even given antitrust, uh, even given what I would regard as being a very tough regime down with the FTC... Uh, can cable can these cable companies buy someone overseas? I mean, we saw what happened in Europe and, and, and Comcast. I, I think the idea that Brian Roberts and again, I work for Comcast, is just sitting there saying, you know what? Uh, I I don't like how things are going, uh, but you know what? I'm going to continue to not like it. That's not his style, is it?
1: No, it's not uh, at all. But there is that overlay you mentioned of, of regulation. And it does constrict the ability of any of these companies to do anything Meaningful in some way, at least certainly within their existing business, and even outside of it to some extent. You know that it's going to get scrutiny, Jim.
2: Yeah, I just feel like that the cash flow is big. Uh, always uncomfortable just talking about a company we work for, but I, I, I look. I'm I'm not convinced that the world's over here. I'm just not. Yeah. You know what? I'm not.
1: Well, I, again, they've all performed. I, I, yeah. Sorry.
2: Go ahead. Well, I, I would just point out that. That uh, let's say Comcast is right about it's a moving pattern. Well, geez, the stock could be a real buy, and I don't think they necessarily make that stuff up. They know what the moving patterns like, uh, and with with uh, Omicron, with Delta, maybe the moving pattern is is somehow more in the favor of the cable companies. We realize could be wishful thinking. I know that, but I think the idea that these companies are finished doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to keep a close eye on them as we do, given the importance of the sector and a lot of different diverging opinions uh, as we enter the new year, Jim. Uh, Okay, we got an opening bell just, uh, what do we got? About five and a half or so minutes from now. Also ahead, don't forget, AMC's chairman and CEO, Adam Aaron, is going to join us as you take a look at futures. We are getting ready for a lower open. A lot more squawk on the street, straight ahead.
0: What's on the horizon for financial markets?
1: Welcome back. Did want to, uh, Jim, direct our viewers' attention to shares of Cerner uh, and um, Oracle. Last night I tweeted that we were expecting to see a deal this morning. I said mid 90s a share. Still waiting for a press release, but I would note Cerner shares are uh, halted news pending. So it does appear that we are going to get that release prior to the beginning of trading, at least, although the trading may be halted given we're only two minutes from an open. Um, but, Jim, let's call it 95. For lack of a better term, that's mid-90s. Maybe it'll be a bit higher. It's all cash, as, as I said. Of course, the Journal was the one that broke the story last week. Kudos to them. Um, you know, we were talking just now about antitrust, though, and this is not a deal that's not going to go without some serious scrutiny. It could take a while to get done um, in this current environment, certainly. And when it comes to health care, we, we know how the regulators feel as well.
2: Yes. Now, I had proposed uh, vociferously the Apple buy Cerner. And the reason I did is because your Apple Watch needs to sync with all hospitals. And uh, Cerner has the capability of doing that. Uh, right now, a lot of hospitals have a, a they're hooked up to a private system. Uh, if we had the ability to make it so that no matter what happened, you were hooked in everywhere, then I think that the Apple Watch would be the true gift to healthcare. As it is, it has been terrific. My friend Laura Conegliero used to run technology at uh, Goldman. Uh, her watch contacted her daughter uh, from uh, far away. Her daughter was able to direct uh, Laura to a, a hospital. So it was an accident uh, involving a taxi cab. And I think it's uh, wonderful. But I do think that it would be great to connect directly. Uh, Cerner's really the company that could do that.
1: You do. Any surprise on your part, their willingness to actually sell at a price? It's, listen, it's a, it's a not insignificant premium. Um, you know, I'm taking a look here, obviously, back some time, but... As multiples go, I don't know. You know, you have a better sense for the current business than I do, Jim.
2: I think the business is very strong. This thing's been football, private equity at one point. But David, here's what I worry about. Oracle had a really good quarter. They have not explained to us. Well, of course, the deal's not done. But what the hell? Why are they doing this? Uh, we like Oracle as a, a very good technology company that involves information tech. I don't get this. We'll see. Oh, by the way, David, this yeah. is a this is a. Uh, this is a Brioni, not a Zanya. I should have worn Zanya. My okay. bad. Uh, yeah, that is your bad. Uh,
1: only you, would, being home with COVID, would not be wearing sweatpants underneath. But you are a man. I assume I you haven't everybody. even taken your tie off. At worst. For COVID. Yeah. No. Why? no. Is there a reason why I should? No. You, 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 I expect company. you to be in the tie at all times. All right. By the way, speaking of Xenia, uh, there it is, of course. Uh, we are watching the opening bells here, and you just saw the CNBC Real-Time Exchange right here at our headquarters. I'm looking at it right here to my left. There you're seeing it, though, with the big board Italian luxury brand. Xenia celebrating its listing. It did it via a SPAC. We're going to speak to the CEO a little less than an hour from now. Over at the NASDAQ, that was crane components maker Columbus McKinnon doing the honors a sharp-looking jacket he's got on there. Jim, what's got your eye as we uh, get started with trading here? Of course, the S&P looks to be down as much as 1.25%. The NASDAQ uh, off by 1.5%. At the very top of the show, you said there may be some opportunities.
2: Well, look, tomorrow is the day uh, that the Santa Claus rally has, has begun. Even, even in 2007, in 2009, Larry Williams, great uh, market historian, into me this morning saying, it's time to buy. Making a move. Uh, that's very contrary to what people are doing. I, I do think that the idea that Amazon's down 75 is ridiculous. Uh, how are you going to shop at the last minute if you really do, if you're really concerned about getting Omicron? I, by the way, Omicron, again, uh, I think that you're not protected from the illness. I have it, but you certainly are, uh, you're not immune. But what does make you feel like is strangely, it's less uh, impactful than a cold. But I like that. Uh, David, I want to point out that healthcare should be on fire. Why? Because in the, the mansion stopped a bill that would have basically said that the government is going to negotiate directly with the drug companies. That's the drug company's worst nightmare. Now that's off the table. The drug companies should be bought. And yet people are just like, oh, woe is me. Woe is the treasuries, the future. Pal, will you just give me a break? Some companies do well in this. And I was concerned about health care because I thought that that bill would pass as is. I, I felt that there could be negotiations between the government and drug companies off the table by the drugs.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get it. The child tax credit, of course, is something people are trying to figure out what that's going to happen there. To your point earlier about some of the, uh, the key components of the bill. Uh, and that does seem to be one of the right. key questions for the near term outlook as to what happens to that expanded uh, child tax credit. Jim, uh, you mentioned uh, pharma. Uh, Let's take a look at shares of Moderna because they are up sharply, uh, although already backing off a bit. This is typically quite a volatile stock, um, but you can see up over 6 percent. Here's the news, of course. um, uh, The currently authorized booster from Moderna, of which you got one, maybe you got even a full shot. But that gave you uh, at least a 20, a 37 percent fold uh, increase in your neutralizing antibodies against Omicron, Jim.
2: Kramer, one, Omicron, zero. <laughs> well, you but had a little David, help from Moderna. Out-
1: a little help with your, from your Moderna. I mean, again, it didn't stop but, but, you from David, getting Pfizer. what is incredibly, an incredibly transmissible virus, no. but it did stop you from getting a- sick.
2: Yeah, and my wife is in another room, and she's far more sick than I am. She had J&J and Moderna. Uh, but I would point out, David, it, it, that watch Pfizer. Pfizer is getting the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to deal with this, uh, the loss of exclusivity that they had coming up. Yep. They now have the capital to be able to buy a, a company a day. Yeah. And they really are doing incredibly well. Look at that. Yeah, it's, look been, at a, that. it's been a break Remember it was in the 30s and everyone hated uh, it? Well, listen, I yeah, pointed out for it, many it, times, many it. times
1: I pointed out, Jim, that you could t- take a look at a 20-year Pfizer and it was, it had done nothing. For 20 years, nothing, not stopping a series of CEOs from uh, from pocketing a great deal of uh, cash. But then the breakout, then the breakout. And now you look at the 20 year and right. it's uh, it's showing, you know, some signs of life.
2: Still not exactly a great return. It was not for hard. 20 years. No, but it was not hard to to uh, discover Pfizer here. The company was adamant that, look, um, our numbers are good. We're making a lot of money. Uh, they didn't like shout it from the rooftops because that would look like profiteering. But the company has been very upfront that this is a, uh, a terrific moment for them. And they're going to be able to deal with any patent cliff by buying a number of companies. Yes. So uh, this one, I think, has, has far more legs than Moderna, where I feel like we have to see what else Moderna can develop.
1: Um, something else that I think I would share here as well is I, there's an expectation Uh-oh. that you're going to see the FDA approve both uh, Paxlovid and Molnupiravir. They are the two antivirals that we have been talking about. I've been talking about Molnupiravir, obviously, for almost two years at this point, a year and a, well over a year and a half, the Merck drug. Uh, Pfizer's, which proved more effective in, um, in trials. Uh, but, you know, the president's going to be speaking tomorrow, Jim, about COVID, right? And it seems hard to imagine right. that you're not going to see the FDA approve these two vitally needed antivirals. They're needed right now. Um, my expectation is that when you got a a positive test the other day, you probably would have said, great, let me take either one. Now, Paxlovid may have some interactions with other drugs. Maybe you would have taken Molnupiravir. Maybe you would have taken Pax. You would have taken one. Why not?
2: No, I wouldn't. I called my doctor and asked. Okay. My doctor asked how I felt. And I said, I don't know. I mean, like a million bucks. He said, (laughs) then I want you to take this. This thing is for people who are really sick.
0: I, I have not.
1: not you know, it's funny. People we'll are, see what the labels look like, but I've right. not heard that. My my expectation is that even when you're asymptomatic, it can knock down the virus more quickly, hence resulting in a negative test sooner. And also making sure that your level of transmission, were there to be one,
2: would be much lower. So I don't know. Jen. Well, I think that might be true. But but I, my doctor was, was basically saying, look, I don't want you near the hospital. You don't also need to David, be at a hospital to take I these get oral
1: antivirals. You know that.
2: <clears throat> well, I would have to go into to see my doctors at a hospital. But uh, I, that's why. You would? But really? I wouldn't just, just emphasize- write you a script.
1: Why wouldn't he yeah. just write you a script?
2: Well, all I can tell you is he felt that it was not warranted and right. that it should be for people who are. Who are sicker,
1: I've heard that for the uh, antibodies, obviously, the monoclonal antibodies that need to be infused. I've certainly heard that's the case. But I think the expectation yeah, is that when these respect. antivirals are available, when they are approved by the FDA, they may readily be prescribed very quickly when somebody tests positive. Uh, that's at least what but I've I been led hope to believe given for they're people some time. who are sicker. Yeah. Well, the if idea is to prevent you from getting sick. If they're
2: in abundance, I'll grab one. Jim, the, the idea right. is it, like Tylenol. in early onset –
1: with the top positive test result, you take them to make sure you don't get sick. So that's why you well, take Well, that them. would be
2: great. But that, that would be great. But again, if they're not enough, let's save them for the, for the people who have, are far more in danger. If, the, if everybody could have one, sure, I'd take one. and take one immediately. Um, but well, I've just feared, David, that they're sicker people than I am. Yeah,
1: given the prevalence right now of COVID, uh, one would expect there's going to be good demand for those antivirals if and when they get approved by the FDA. Again, it, you know, oh, with the president speaking tomorrow. it be for, Pfizer. Let's, yeah. And by the way, Pfizer yeah. shares are up three and a half percent. Merck is up a half a percent and Moderna coming off the highs already, but it is still up almost five percent. The rest of the market, though, not a pretty picture right now, uh, Jim, as we take uh, a sort of a broader look here. Um, you know, Fear, all, fear, ma- fear, fear. OK, uh, well, why shouldn't there be yeah. to, a some, to some extent? And by the way, what about airlines? Well, and, not- what about airlines and cruise lines? What do you do with them right now?
2: Well, I think that let's say Omicron, this is a nice, this is kind of a dice roll, but let's say Omicron becomes the dominant strain because the virus wants to not kill the host because then it can't spread as much. I know that sounds very Stephen King-like, but maybe that's the case. Then I think that what you'll find is, is that next year's cruise bookings will be very big. Uh, the one thing that I would say that is really interesting is that uh, you get Frank Del Rio, who runs uh, Norwegian. I know that we have Carnival on there today. He will tell you, look, it's everywhere. What are you going to do? Uh, there's not much you can do. People assume the risk. When you assume the risk, then you want to buy these stocks. Now, I, I prefer not to. If I'm going to buy a travel stock, I'd rather buy American Express because that's got lots of good things going for it. But, David, all I'm saying is, is that why are we selling NVIDIA hard here? What is it about selling NVIDIA? What in their business is going to be impacted by Delta Omicron? Get me some other Greek have How about Theta? Uh, I don't know. I mean Omega. What is going to be? Imp- there is no impact. There is no impact for Nvidia that I can come up with, other than the fact that maybe feel no, the economy but, gets a little slower. Yeah, and right.
1: there's just general de-risking going on, and it's it's an you know, uh, know. it's still up 112 percent for the year, Jim.
2: But let's go after the companies that have no earnings. Those I don't like. People should not be in those stocks, the no-earnings stocks. And the SPACs, or oh, you did mention a SPAC, Zenia. Yeah. I mean, if Brioni had a SPAC, I'd be all over it. Bruno uh, Cuccinelli, I once, he once made my wife buy a scarf. I'm not even going to I'm not going to mention much of cost. All right. Because people would hate me. You know what?
1: I got an assignment for you. Oracle and Cerner's out. Why don't you read that release and see if you can figure out why Oracle's doing this because you raised that question earlier. So you do that during the break and I'll move on to tell people what's coming up next, which is uh, AMC's chairman and CEO, Adam Aaron. And as well, let's give you a quick look at the bond market, if we can. Yeah, why not? How are treasuries faring, you ask? Well, there's a look at yields right here. You can see... The 10-year note still below 1.4% at 1.380. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Did want to uh, give our viewers a look at uh, shares of Oracle and Cerner. We did get the deal, uh, $28.3 billion in cash. That's $95 a share for uh, each share of Cerner. Kind of interesting that Oracle is also trading right around that level as well. But we'll keep an eye on shares of Oracle. Remember, they're not using their currency here. Uh, The stock was down last on Friday after this uh, was reported. The talks were reported by uh, the Journal. But you see, we do have the deal. Jim, uh, they say, according to a recent study by the Mayo Clinic, physicians spend one to two hours on EHRs and desk work for every hour spent in face to face contact with patients, as well as an additional one to two hours of personal time on EHR related activities. And so, working together, Cerner and Oracle have the capacity to address these issues and transform healthcare delivery by providing medical professionals with better information, enabling them to make better treatment decisions, resulting in better patient outcomes. Antitrust is going to be important here. They only say calendar 2022 is when they're looking for a close.
2: Look, I think it's great that it's immediately accretive, uh, according to Safra Katz, the CEO. I also think when I read through the, uh, the rationale, it, it is true. Healthcare has not been digitized, uh, and Oracle can do that. Uh, this is a great way for Oracle to be able to expand uh, what people feel is a very narrowly pegged business, uh, and a lot of people feel they're not doing that well in the cloud. I know Larry Ellison disagrees with that, but, you know, i got to be impressed, Dave. When you can do a deal that's accretive and that has this level of growth, then Oracle should be up to that.
1: All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on on those shares. Yeah. They are trading right now. No stock. Stock. Have been halted. no stock. No stock. The cash was cash. doing
2: Look, they bought, they bought back like 40 percent of the stock. What has it done? It has not raised their multiple. This is going to be a multiple raising event. Uh, Larry Ellison, so we, we don't talk enough about how smart these guys are. Yeah. And I think that this is uh, when I read through what they're saying about healthcare and what you just said. Healthcare's in the dark ages. Uh, maybe, and, and Cerner, when I wanted Apple to buy them, I just felt that Apple could own healthcare, given the fact that there is uh, so little digitization. So maybe it's a congratulations to Oracle for getting this as inexpensively as they did.
1: Yeah, we'll get a little more details on here. Curious on the antitrust front, certainly as well. But Jim, uh, back over to you for uh, for the interview we've been teasing all, uh, all hour.
2: Absolutely. Okay, AMC shares are rallying. Uh, you know what? It is still down more than 25 percent in the past month, but it's got it's got some uh, mojo movies. How do we say that? Uh, people are going back to the movies. So joining us now first on CBC is AMC chairman and CEO Adam Aaron. A- Adam, first, good to see you. And second, the business seems to be pretty strong.
3: So, Jim and David, look, like, it's great to be with you, but especially it's been great to be with you after the weekend we just had uh, Thursday to Sunday we just blew all of the post-pandemic records. Seven million people came to our theaters between Thursday and Sunday, mostly to watch the new Spider-Man No Way Home movie. These were records. We set a new record Thursday, a new record again on Friday, a new record again on Saturday. Uh, Just to put seven million guests in a weekend in perspective, we didn't do seven million tickets in the entire first quarter of 2021. And that tells me that movie th- movie going at cinemas is back.
2: Now, Adam, uh, you know, one thing is uh, certain. You have survived incredibly well. Can you tell me what your competitors are doing right here?
3: Well, look, my job is not to run my competitors. It's to run AMC. And what we did, uh, starting in April of 2020, when the pandemic forced us to close all thousand of our theaters worldwide in a week and we lost 99.9% of our revenues in a week. Uh, We started raising money and between equity that we raised and debt that we raised and concessions that we got from our lenders and our landlords and even our employees sacrificed, I furloughed myself back in 2020. uh, AMC raised more than $5 billion. Uh, and it was the raising of that cash that put us in a position to weather this horrible pandemic. We did end the second quarter of this year with $2 billion of cash. That's the biggest war chest that AMC's ever had in our 101-year history.
2: Now, I, I don't want to uh, leave some of our more critical viewers uh, hanging. It is true that you and your family have sold a great deal of stock at higher levels, uh, but also, I think that you made that very clear that you would do that. Can you just go over what you did uh, and what else you have?
3: Sure. I'm, I'm happy to, because I think I've been more transparent with the market on this subject than just about any human being alive. Uh, when I haven't sold an AMC share in the six years that I've run the company, uh, even though it's more than 60 percent of my annual compensation, I did say back in August when I didn't have to legally that. I was approaching my 67th birthday, to admit it, but it's true, uh, in September, uh, and prudent estate planning means I need to diversify my, my assets a little bit, but I gave the market months and months of notice. I told people I was going to be selling some stock at the end of the year. I put it in a 10 b five one plan, which means that all the trading decisions were taken out of my hands. I said I would spread the sales over several months so no one could accuse me of, gaming the market. I actually sold some shares at prices below where it's trading right now this morning. But look, the important thing is uh, when this is all done, I'm still going to own or have been granted uh, more than 2 million AMC shares. I have an enormous stake in this company's future. I'm very committed to lead this company. I'm very committed to its future. And I actually think that future is quite bright.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, tell me why you believe it's quite bright, uh, Adam, because, you know, there are plenty who believe you've done a great job stewarding this company through an unprecedented period and to and, and to your point, have raised sufficient funds to be able to navigate through it. But they still wonder about how profitable this company can ever be, given your debt load, given how many shares additionally you have outstanding at this point as well on a per share basis, certainly. And just you know, what seems to be, at least broadly speaking, uh, an unwillingness of some people to go to the movies in a regular way,
3: pandemic or no? Well, David, look, those are all very very good questions, but on this unwillingness to go to the movies, 7 million people went this weekend, uh, and it was a record for us. And it was a record on Thursday, it was a record on Friday again, we broke the Thursday record. On Saturday, we broke the Friday record. It turns out Spider-Man No Way Home has the third biggest opening weekend in the history of cinema, they're going to theaters. Now, what we need for AMC to come back as the AMC that we all knew pre-pandemic, we need two things. Number one, we need to get through the pandemic. Uh, And we are making good progress. 70% of the US population has had at least one vaccination so far. Uh, Beyond that though, we need new movies to be released. And what this weekend proves is that when Hollywood gives us good movies, we fill our theaters. Right. And what we haven't had since March of 2020 is a lot of movies. But in this October, when four different movies led the way in October, we had very strong attendance. In December, when there are lots of new movies out, we're doing fine. When mm-hmm. we look at the movies that are coming in 2022, we think that the industry-wide box office in 2022 will double the industry box office office of 2021. look, nobody knows for sure. No one has a perfect crystal ball, but there sure are a lot of big movies coming out. That's one reason why I'm bullish. The second reason why I'm bullish, and here's the mistake that I think a lot of analysts are making. They're just looking at what AMC was as a company pre-pandemic, and assuming the best thing that we can do is bring that company back. Uh, We're gonna do much more of that than that at AMC. We intend to transform our company. We intend to do more than just bring back the old AMC. So we've already announced, for example, dabbling with cryptocurrency. We've already announced our participation with three NFTs, which I think will have a distribution of about 700,000 or so NFTs. We've announced we're going into the $6 billion home popcorn market. And those are just some of the ideas that we have. There are a lot more in the works because we know um, this company needs to be bigger.
1: I get all that. Um, But, you know, when you say the old AMC, the one thing you probably don't want is the old multiple. I mean, you've been a huge beneficiary here of this meme craze. We've talked about it throughout much of this year, which has resulted in, well, you haven't even been making money, but an incredible multiple even on your out years when you are going to make money. Uh, The world you're (laughs) describing would bring back an old multiple to a company that was profitable, but certainly, you know, is valued at single digits in terms of a multiple to its
3: earnings. And as I just said, we've got to do much more as a company than just bring back the old AMC. Fortunately, our shareholders armed us with a $2 billion war chest to go out and do that. You know, there is M&A opportunity out there for AMC, both in the movie theater industry and outside the movie theater industry. And we have the cash reserves to be able to participate in that activity. But I know that, like, you live and die in our share price. That's your job. My job is to run the company and to restore the health of this company that was strong and viable pre-pandemic, that got put on its knees early in the pandemic. We've stood up tall, we're rising to the challenge, and I expect that the same management team that got this company through against all odds in the last two years is gonna be very seriously focused on transforming this company and making it an exciting prospect in 2022, and 2023, 2024, and beyond.
2: Adam, you've made a tremendous, tremendous effort to be in contact with your shareholders. Uh, It used to be 80% institutional. Now it's 20% institutional. You've got 80% so-called retail. Can you talk about how that may be a new paradigm and that there are other CEOs? I know you're going to say, I don't care about the other CEOs. Give me a break. Uh, That other CEOs should embrace what you're doing because it's actually been a new form of capitalism.
3: Well, look, you're nice to say that, Jim. And look, I can only tell you this. Somebody I greatly respect runs a half a trillion dollar private equity firm, told me a year ago when, uh, almost a year ago, when we realized that retail investors had taken over AMC, that I was leading a company that is on the forefront of the democratization of Wall Street. And company executives have always talked to our shareholders but well, we were used to talking to our shareholders the old way because we were talking to institutions. So we had quarterly earnings calls and we did non-deal road shows and we, we, talked to securities analysts. Well, in July, we announced that we had 4 million shareholders at AMC. And so we instantly decided since companies always talk to their shareholders, we needed to continue to talk to our shareholders. Where do you talk to 4 million retail investors on Twitter? And I've tweeted an average of 20 to 25 times a month now since April. My tweets have been read something like 170 million times since April. Uh, I'm following 2,500 people, which a lot, which gives me literally hundreds, if not thousands, of inbound messages a day, a lot of which I read every single day. So there's real two-way communication between AMC and our company's owners, as they properly should. We set up a program for them in June called AMC Investor Connect, and we gave them goodies like free popcorn. But we also are giving them direct access to the C-suite. We're communicating with them by email every several weeks. And look, I do think this is going to be—we're we're certainly leading the way here. But and it's uncharted territory. Like right? there aren't a lot of CEOs who have practiced tweeting almost on a daily basis. But I do think this is very much a wave of the future. And again, I think that AMC is leading the way.
2: Well, thank you, Adam Aaron. Uh, I do believe that what you've done is, I'm going to point blanks save the company. Uh, I think that a lot of people felt that the company would go bankrupt. I think you rallied people around it. And I want to congratulate you. Uh, David knows how I feel about that. Adam Aaron, job well done for your AMC shareholders. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jim,
3: David, and 7 million people in AMC theaters this weekend. Seven million.
1: It's a lot of people. We absolutely know that. All right. Jim's going to stick around, of course, as we continue to watch uh, this market. Not, uh, not at the lows. Uh, S&P down one and a quarter percent. You can see it right there. The Nasdaq coming off the lows uh, as well. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground Service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.